I'm Aaron Rothstein of the Ethics and Public Policy Center's Bioethics and American Democracy Program. Welcome to Searching for Medicine Soul. We have a returning guest today, Samuel Shem, professor of medicine and medical humanities at the NYU School of Medicine and a novelist and playwright. His first novel, The House of God, was called one of the two most important medical novels of the 20th century by The Lancet and was chosen by Publishers Weekly as number two on its list of the 10 best satires of all time. He's also written multiple other novels and plays. Graduate of Harvard and Harvard Medical School, he earned his PhD as a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford. His most recent novel is Our Hospital. Shem, thanks for coming back. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I've forgotten, of course, what we talked about before. Maybe you have a memory. I don't have one either. We'll probably uh, repeat some stuff, but that's okay because it's important. It's important stuff. Uh, actually, one of the things that I noticed when I was first started reading Our Hospital was the references that you make to actually Roy Bosch's ancestors. As we all know, there was something partially autobiographical about Roy Bosch, and the, starting with the House of God. And in Our Hospital, you write that his immigrant grandfather, Samuel Fuchs, a metal worker, had toiled near the George Washington Bridge. And in his spare time, he made elegant Sumerian wine vases. You also write that Roy remembered his own time as a toll taker on the bridge during high school in Harvard. How much of this is true uh, about you and, and your relatives? Uh, everything. <laughs> those, those things, everything that, that that character, those characters are in. You know, I, this, I don't know where to start. This is probably my last novel, I think. I don't know. Certainly it's, it's the last of the, of the four. And when I started working on it, right when after I got COVID myself, really, it was, I, I was one of the early, early ones in, in the March of that time. I, you know, I really got wiped out. It was a pretty serious thing. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, still weak, I think, easily, even easily these three years later. It's crazy. So you'll have to forgive me, but I'm also almost 80. <laughs> what I felt when I had the idea of making another one in the series that would have been, that would be the fourth series. And I thought, you know, it was, it was a very, it was like a bolt from the, the, the skies because I sort of I, I sort of went like this with my likes, you know, like bringing these in that if this is the last one that I'm going to be doing, I really want to want to do it so that it's complete. And so what I did and is that I took the spirit of the place, which is from Hudson, New York, as you, you know, we talked about that before. Uh, where I grew up, and then what I what I it had to be a you know I I I I get going when when I say hey somebody's got to write about this and I think it's me hey wait a second you know I don't know if I told you that I go go back and I say hey wait a second why didn't I do this or why did I do this when I get these hey wait a seconds. That's when I start to write. And that's why in so many ways, these are resistance pieces, all of the books that I write. And so I was, I certainly, I was going to do it in the first three waves of COVID, which is what it is. It's only about eight, something like eight months 
And I sort of had this image because I'd kept I'd kept serious the House of God stuff, that whole line, uh, three of them, and then other books that I've written that go that that are from the House of that that are from Hudson, uh, New York, you know. And so I decided somehow or other I was going to take these hands. I'm going to pull them in and pull all the lovely, all the wonderful people I've I've got. And this is going to be bringing them together. So we have Eat My Dust Eddie, and they have the, the Spirit of the Place characters. So all of them are there. And all of them are just, you know, the, the thing as a, as a writer is this, is this is money in the bank, quote, quote, um, that uh, that kind of sense is so powerful on a, on a, for, on a writer who, like me, I just take it very seriously. I make it funny, but I make it serious when I dive into it. And so I said, I'll bring all these wonderful people together. And and it turns out Roy Bash is from uh, the House of God. Is from the House of God. He he grew up in in uh, the Hudson River, the, the Hudson Hudson, New York place, and and. Some and then the other numbers of uh, uh, characters and books are from that the the uh, pl- placing this in Hudson, New York, which I called uh, Columbia, and so I gathered them all. It was perfect because the, as you know, the hospital, the little hospital, which was a Civil War hospital, believe it or not. So I had a perfect thing to, to to do because it had recently been bought by one of the the um, a private equity term. That's what it is. It had been taken over by a product product equity equity term from uh, someplace you know elsewhere, which is what is killing one of the big things that's killing American medicine because it's all for money. It's all for many, many. And it all fit, it, you know. The, the this didn't happen in real life. Maybe it will now, you know, when they read it. <laughs> but you know, when the COVID came in, the people that, that were there with the, the the money people and the doctors sort of abandoned it. So my guys took over. And the other thing that I wanted to do now that I'm old, and maybe this is it. For, for novels, I've been ruthlessly uh, writing the truth. And in the House of God, the truth was, was what now we call, you know, a bad way of, of treating doc, uh, the doctors who were all men treated women badly. But it was true. It was true. That's the way it was. But for this one, the truth was that they had the nurses, especially in the COVID, were strong, terrific characters that really saved the day. As you read the book, I, you know, they saved the day in this book. And so I finally, because the the truth it was now what. I, I could not disguise or anything. So the, the the great thing that I think I managed to do was not only 
draw men, men uh, as doctors and stuff, but but uh, women and men for 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 uh, nurses. And so this the, the the nurses are front and center at this book as they were, and they saved the day. And uh, so nobody can have a, a, a any kind of pot pot. Of of of, uh, of getting at me because I'm not treating them well, and in fact, one of the things that, in reality, that happened uh, last summer when it came out at NYU where I am was a great, great, great place. I they always they they are very kind to me about my books, and we always to uh, getting them out uh, in front of a, you know, a big crowd and stuff at, at NYU. And this time I went to the, uh, maybe I said this before, but I, I, I went to the, the head of this place, Bob Grossman, who's an absolutely incredible, great man, how he's made this a great, great, great hospital, series of hospitals. I said, usually, you know, it's just me up on this, on the, on the, on the stage, and I read and talk and questions, and that's it. This one, I went to him to say, I said, because of the role of, of women nurses in this book, what I want to do is I want to have a chair here on the, on the, uh, the uh, stage, and next to me, a woman works, work nurse on the, sitting next to me. And we would do it together. We would do it together. And I'm telling you, that was the, the, the greatest thing about one of my books I'm so proud of because there it was, the change. There it was. And they have a great, a huge little program for nurses, too. So I think so all of that was kind of a completion. A completion. There are things that are that have been happening around my writing in that way. I'm not going to talk at all about it, but you know, there people are really trying. One person is really trying to get out of me because of what I did, you know, 30 years ago when I wrote uh, Nurses in the House of God, which is very, very, very. A, a writer can't be fake. Or else, you know, at least for me, I, I got, you know, I already had a hard job. I didn't have to make a, a harder job by doing, by, in, in, you know, going against what was true. So what, what, what can I say? I've had a great ride. And it, it, it's interesting. The book is not, pay, is not uh, selling anything. You know, it's really never. I've never seen this. You know, it's not, not doing nothing. Uh, and it's probably the best, the, probably the two best books I've written are this one now and the one which is uh, also set in Hudson, New York, called uh, The Spirit of the Place, which won two national uh, awards for best book. That, those yeah, years. The Spirit of the Place. I, I love that book. Isn't that yeah. something? That's really good. It's it's It took a long, long time. And like with the house of god and all those other ones it's all it's all true really it's <laughs> i grew up in that uh, you know there's nothing like writing something 
that happened to you, especially if you're away. Maybe let me just read one one very short thing if I can if I can find it. Hang on. Um, and this is Amy is the doctor, the woman doctor, the hero of the book. Okay, Robert, I I talked to the boss. Yes, your wife does have symptoms now. She, she's feverish and coughing. I told them to get her to the hospital right away. So you think we can get her into the hospital tomorrow? Amy realized he hadn't understood. No, Robert, today. He looked startled. Really? Really? He's an African-American guy, black guy. Uh, he start, stared at her eyes wide. I'll call the hospital and let him know I'll be taking care of her starting this afternoon. You might not get to be w- with her much because we don't want you catching it. He teared up. He handed him, She handed him a box of it tissues. He took one, a frail, bright white piece of paper in his big hand. This is all true. I know how you and Orville are real good friends, Robert. He looked into her eyes and then started to cry. Not easily, but like men do, fighting it until the fear of losing the dear woman who'd loved him more than any other for more than any time might die, might be gone. That old torn body clenched, then shuddered hard, and he was weeping, crying his heart out. Tears came to her eyes, too, Amy, the first in a long time with a patient. Amy passed him the whole box of tissues. He took a few composed himself. Doc, you are a real, this is why, this is why we like love doctoring. This is it, you know, what what we can do. Doc, you are real kind, like Orville always was, is to me. I love that guy, he smiled. Did he, they were together at school with uh, Orville, the the, uh, doctor. Did he ever tell you why he and I are still such good friends? She shook her head. Well, be, be, being Jewish, I, he was Jewish, was getting beaten up by the Italians when I was in high school. And he was a great basketball player, first sophomore to make the varsity. And, and we had great teams with us three black stars. He was a great shooter. One day he came back to, this is Orville. One day Orville came back to practice with a broken thumb. Turns out the Italians had broken a, broken it. How long they been doing this? I asked. A lot, said Orvity. So I looked at Chick Chick and but- Butchie Lee and they nod and I say, well, they ain't going to beat you up no more. They right, I remember it just now, right now. They, they ain't going to beat you up no, no more. So he says, Robert smiled, and then, and they, and he says, and they never touched him again. The Italians were tough, but not as tough as the blacks, us blacks. Back then, everything, everybody was scared of us. With joints crackling one by one up his spine, Robert raised himself to his 6'4 height and nodded to Amy as he walked out, leaving behind a sense of gratitude shared. Gratitude tends to do that. But the reason any good writer, I mean, the reason I write, a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is if you can do that, you know, and find the 
perfect thing for that 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 cap to that place. Any of the people who want to be writers out there, those two lines cap it up, leaving behind a sense of gratitude shared. And then, then the, and then the writer comes in, of course. Gratitude tends to do that. And that's wonderful because you, then you take your your life's understanding, and that's the that's why you were born to put that thing in that place with that black guy. I wanted to ask about this part in the book where Roy gets burnout. You know, he he has a bit of a breakdown while working. He becomes withdrawn, angry, resentful, and then the hospital, which is Cush Care in the book, which is funny, offers yoga sessions. And the accuracy of this to me is kind of stunning because this is exactly how a lot of these places respond to what is, in my mind, a crisis of purpose in medicine. We probably spoke to physicians about their experiences with burnout or feeling like overwhelmed in the way that Roy does in the book. So I, I guess, what did you notice from those conversations? Yeah, well, it had been coming you know, for a long time, and now it's crisis. And, and uh, putting the, the, the COVID on it, doing so, I couldn't go and be on the wards because I, I, as I, I was an early COVID guy. And I'm up here and I'm at, at NYU and here being Boston. You know, I think when you become a doctor and you've done a lot for in your life, you can write anything about a doctor. You know, you can, in, in writing, it's a beautiful thing if you take it seriously because you can take this and you can take that. And when you're really working, something clicks in from 40 years ago and you know about it. And, and, and who are you rooting for and who are not? You know, it's, it's, uh, I had enough jobs, meaning medicine and all of that stuff, that I wanted to have fun writing you know, because I wanted some fun, you know, and I, and I love it. I love doing it. It's a, I guess I must have had just needed fantasy. That's real. These books are real, you know, these are, could almost be non, you know, not fiction, but, but the way they are. I think that's why people, people buy them because it's, it helps them understand what happens with uh, the house of God. And, out of that, of course, I've done, I used to. I don't do very much now, but I I must. I think I was. I've been in every state doing, you know, all kinds of talks and stuff. And what I always say is, uh, put the put the human back in medicine. That's what I. And nothing is as important right now is to get the money out of it and and take it over, in some way or other, and make it uh, human because this is really you know I think. Doctors are so down and down and some out, down of out in, in, in how we are being played today. You know, I'm sure you've had things like that, too. I've never seen anything like it. It's been step by step by step. Do- doctors have let go starting back in the 80s, the 80s, when they started, you know, people came into Massachusetts and said uh, these were the you know, the, 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 I forget exactly what it is, but they said they came in and they said, you know, we're going to buy up all of these different kinds of, of doctoring. You better join us or you'll be made or you'll be out in the, in the cold. 
And instead of saying, well, wait a second, we do the work. (laughs) Why would we do that? You know, obviously, you know, I didn't join anything. These, these, whatever they were called, these little, you know, where they started the the, the way that uh, money is, is at, is, is at us now. And people in Massachusetts, doctors in Massachusetts said, yes, I'm going to be in one of these things. So I don't have to do, you know, paperwork and all that stuff. And look at what they did. We do, we, we do the work with one day of one, you know, a, a nationwide, you know, walkout or something like for one day and you've got what you want. They can't do it. About it. It's so stupid. You know, they didn't want to do work. Yeah, they didn't want to be the ones who uh, you know, get rid of the work till they do. And what are they now? Now they're dead with work. With with uh, you know screens and money that's it screens and money read man's fourth best hospital hospital which is screens and money. So one of the questions that uh, Amy is asked in the book is well, why do the just plain good people die? And I think this is a sentiment that a lot of us often express in the hospital. And some colleagues and I refer to it as nice person syndrome. So it's very cynical, kind of predicting that because someone is a good person, the prognosis is poor. We don't really believe this, but it's a way of kind of thumbing our nose at maybe the randomness of the world and the cruelty of the world. Um, You know, how do you think about this kind of reaction, this attitude as a physician and writer. I mean, this brings us a little bit back to the house of God, some of the, you know, the reactions in that book, but clearly there's still some of that here in our hospital too. Probably the hardest thing during the COVID was keeping your sanity. I think, I don't know where you were. I mean, I I wasn't in there, but I felt like I was because I talked to everybody. I, you know, I couldn't do it because I had already got it. But the reasons I think that people get burnt out, which is, you know, incredibly high, the percentage say they're going to just going to do, you know, what, five more years. So that's it. That came out recently. It's not our fault. It's not our system. It's, it's, it's money's, it's, it's money and, and money, you know, it's, the time that we have to spend just for someone else to get paid, basically, it's obscene. It's obscene. I mean, the p the reason is if you want to make money, you make you your your job is making money. So we are up to a huge thing of making money, and we're not we're not doing anything that 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 makes us better in terms of easier more of things we don't want to be eight hours well not eight hours but you know six hours in front of a screen after you're done with your work i mean this is i i think if we doctors are sensible and what happens in this book is the nurses and the doctors get together and that solves the problem that they have. I won't let it. It's a sort of a mystery what happens with, uh, I think, that, that, that comes along. Uh, there's a llama that, that's involved, if you remember, <laughs> that cute llama. I can never get away from my, that, that was a good ending, part of the ending. But the big thing that we never did was get together. You know, that's what it is. And it's very hard because we're working. 
we can't we can't do that stuff we can't i mean for me in my long life you know i just recall i was a Rhodes scholar and i went over there when i was you know after college and uh, i remember one day i had some kind of bad stuff you know wasn't serious you know physical and I don't even know what it was exactly. It just felt really, really bad. And I thought, oh, God, you know, I know too much about this stuff from doctoring. Or anyway, so I went into this. I just walked over to the in, in Oxford, uh, up the step and knocked on the door and went in. And I was an American. <laughs> it was something. And I did this another time, too. I had to do it. But the first time it it. Uh, I went to the doctor and they, you know, I had to wait 10 minutes and went in, every nurse and doctor went and I went to pay. I said, you don't have to pay. <laughs> I said, what? What are you talking about? And now that's almost done. It's almost gone. It's, it's worse. If it's possible, it's worse than American stuff. I mean, we, we, I don't think this can go on all that long. And I, there are ripples of younger people saying, uh-uh, uh, you know, I'm gone. I'm, you know, another, another year and I'm out. Uh, something will happen here. And I must say, you know, I have been at NYU Medical School. Uh, and it's, you know, they called me up. I'm in Boston. They called me up and they wanted me to, teach the house of God. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, you know, the Beth Israel in Boston uh, hated me for it, but they loved me like most of the people did. And it, and, and it was a wonderful place, NYU, Med. It was wonderful. People were happy. I remember w w they called me up out of the blue. He said, well, you know, how'd you like to be a professor? I said, what do you want me to do? He said, we want, we, we want you to teach. That what do you want me to teach? The guy said, oh, we want you to teach the house of God. What? <laughs> I'm getting shit all over me from people that I wrote the book. They wanted it. And it, it, it's a, it was a very kind ambiance. As I looked around, I went in, in uh, all the hospitals I look in, looked in and stuff. And I wondered, why are people happy in this place? Like at night in, in Bellevue, you know? Even I remember even a guy who was, you know, dumping the stuff out of the, the cans in the emergency room and he was happy. He was talking at three in the morning, you know. So hey, why is this so 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 it was a kind place, you know, like fifty thousand fifty thousand, you know, five thousand dollars, I don't know how many, ten thousand dollars live they're doing this. They they liked their jobs. It was okay. Not like the house of God. Why? Well, I found out, maybe I'd said this before when we were when we were talking, the head of the whole thing, Bob Grossman, who is still there, been there 12 years or something and revi revised it. He was in the Beth Israel Hospital the same time as me as a surgical guy. You know, I didn't I don't I didn't remember him and he didn't remember me. But he had been abused. He'd only stayed at, you know, they only went in the first year and then he went down to New York. And he decided, I think he never said this, that when he was the top of this, you know, 
40,000 people thing, he was not going to be cruel. He's going to be kind. And it, it has it. And it's now, you know, it's, it's uh, actually even hot, much. It, it passed Harvard recently for best hospital stuff. And guess what? <laughs> when, when, when I just heard this, I think this year, maybe when NYU got to be number one, Harvard stopped uh, having their name in to, 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 to into this thing. They they got out of there, so they because because we weren't number one. Um, I I'm a I'm uh, this is lovely. I'm talking too much, but can I read something to end us? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Roy and Barry are still alone, uh, together and stuff, and at the end they're talking. Basically, it doesn't really matter what it is. But it's the end of the book, and. He, she, he says, this is Roy, almost everyone in medicine is hurting, doctors, nurses, all the others, working in the money-driven held realms of American care. We're all suffering terribly. COVID has lit, its, lit, has lit it all up for us to see. The risks to our bodies, minds, and spirit are profound, killing ourselves, acting normal the poor and people of color dying in droves. He paused, scanning the trees for the fat man. He, he sees the fat man in the trees and stuff and all. He, the fat man's back. <laughs> I have fi- figured how the fat man came back. You'll see. Never mind how I did it. He paused, scanning the trees for fats. He, you know, he, see, he sees them. Nothing. He went on. We do miracles every single day, but we haven't been able to get a place safe to work in body and spirit. One in five healthcare workers have quit. Many of us died. At the start of COVID, we did the most important thing for us and our patients. We stuck together. We. But it became a very hard thing to do. We ran into the big American self, killing off the American dream. Because it was only a solo dream in darkness, not really with others, not lasting into the day. Hatred and money killed it. He smiled at her. As the Buddha said, it's the three defilements, greed, hatred, delusion. The, mo- the roots of suffering, right? Race, yes, Barry said. So when you go out there and do what Fats suggested, what would you say to the next generations? She, she smiled. I'll pretend I'm one of them. He looked down over the deck, down to the flat, less, let, the flat land before the river. Now we turn our sight to you, the next generations. This isn't our fight anymore, at least not on the front line. But it breaks our heart to see you this way. It's your fight, and we have your backs. We have faith in you. Stick together. Lean on us. Count on us. Call on us. And we'll be there with you. As he went on, it was as if he were reading from writing in the sky. All of you have made it as doctors and nurses. All you need from us now is inspiration. We promise we will help with that. It will be hell. But listen, take this in deeply. These things can change like lightning. And with lightening, sometime, maybe when you are down, your dark sky might lighten. And in that moment, you may glimpse a beloved person, a love, 
or a wild, kind teacher or family member, or as I did, a fat man. And in that sudden, strange awareness, you can count on one thing above all else for sure. He smiled at Barry. Our job is to reveal and heal. We, we all together have the power to lift you and you're carrying up. It is a rising time. Roy paused. Barry nodded, reached out, took his hand gently and smiled. He finished. We wish you all well. This podcast has been produced by the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, D.C. Visit eppc.org to learn more about our programs, events, and podcasts.